mentioned yesterday uh, the Rashi. Rashi explains why in today's parsha, today's chitas and shlishi and bahaloischa, we read that Hashem speaks to Moshe in Nisan, on the first month. The second year, but the first month. And Rashi asks, how come what takes place on the first month is written in Baaloischa after what takes place on the second month, which is written in the beginning of Parshas Bamidbar? Because Parshas Bamidbar begins with Bachoidesh Hasheni, and now we're going back to Bachoidesh Harishan to the first month. Rashi says, because this was the shame of the Jewish people. Why was this a shame? Because the Jewish people only made one Korban Pesach 40 years in the desert. This was the only time, besides the Korban Pesach, they made a Mitzrayim, they only made one Korban Pesach. So, because they only made one Korban Pesach, and this was it, it would be embarrassing to put this in the beginning of the Chumash of Bamidbar. But then the question that immediately follows, why did they only make one Korban Pesach in the, uh, in the Midbar? Why didn't they make the other Pesach, the rest of the Pesach? So it's interesting when you start digging and you start researching. So you look in Rashi in the section of Shemois, in where the command is told about bringing the Korban Pesach, Rashi writes over there something very interesting. Rashi writes that since the Pesach says, Ki when you come to the land, that the whole mitzvah of Pesach and bringing the Korban Pesach only began once the Jews were in Eretz Yisrael. They were exempt while they were in the desert. So there was no obligation, Rashi says over there. And Rashi explains, and therefore, over there Rashi explains, why does the Pesach all of a sudden have to tell them to go make a Korban Pesach? If it was already commanded before, we don't find every Yomtev, Hashem should tell them, go ahead and make another Yomtev, do it. The reason is because once it says once, it doesn't have to say it again. So why does the Pesach over here say it again? So Rashi explains, this was an exception, even though the Jewish people were exempt from making the Korban Pesach while they were in the desert, only when they were in Eretz Yisrael, the Abishta comes here and tells them on the month, on the second, on the first month in, in Nisan, he tells them that they have to make Korban Pesach, that year is exception. And when we look in the Toysus and Kedushin, Aflamed, there was another exception, when Yeshua it says they also made the Korban Pesach because technically, if we learn, Rashi doesn't say in the Chumash, but if we learn that it, Kisavoyu means Achar Yerushavi Yeshiva, they have to first divide and settle, which take 14 years, so they weren't obligated until later on. So then, okay, so now we came to the answer. So we asked, what was the question? The question was, why did the Jews not make the Korban Pesach all the time? The answer is, they wouldn't have to make the Korban Pesach. The mitzvah was only in Eretz Yisrael. This was an exception. So then the question is, why is this embarrassing then? So the whole reason Rashi says that it's an embarrassment that they only made one Pesach in the desert, why would it be an embarrassment? 
They weren't commanded to make it. This was a special, an exception. So why was it embarrassing for them? So Tosis explains, Tosis explains over there that the embarrassment is the fact that they spent 40 years in the desert. <laughs> the fact, Taka, they weren't Mukhuyiv to make the carbon Pesach. But why did they spend so long in the desert? Why Taka didn't they come into Israel for uh, earlier? It had to do with the Meraglim. It had to do with the sin that they did. So it was uh, something, their mind, something bad. So even though there was no command to do it, but the problem was it's embarrassing to see how long they were waiting without making the carbon Pesach because they didn't get to Eretz Yisrael. Taishus has another twist. Taishus says, but I don't understand how to work that out because Taishus says that in order to bring the carbon Pesach, you have to be circumcised. We find that in actually when it came to Yeshua, when they wanted to make the carbon Pesach over there, he was telling them, all of them, to circumcise because otherwise they were not allowed to uh, circumcise. And Toysus says, so they couldn't make over here, the majority of the people weren't circumcised over there. I don't get it how the majority of the people, i got to look at Toysus and Mephoshim, how could it be that the majority of the people weren't circumcised? Because we read, before the Eden left Mitzrayim, it is said that they didn't have any mitzvahs to be Mitzrayim. Rashi brought it, brought it down. So Hashem gave them the dam from the Korban Pesach and the dam Mila. It says that night, Rashi also brings down the Medrash that they were smelling the good taste of the Korban Pesach. And the Yidden said that they want to have it. He says, well, you want to have it? you got to circumcise. You can't just partake in the Korban Pesach while being circumcised. So it turns out at least the second year, the third year, the fourth year, if there were 600,000, we know that the first and the second years they counted, they all were 603,550. The number didn't change from 20 and up. So what are we going to say? All of a sudden, there was more than 600,000 babies that were under 20, that were born in one year or in two years. More than all, that doesn't really sound so logical. But Tysus brings down over there that he says, because the problem was, i got to look it up again, uh, but it says that because they weren't circumcised. So again, Toysus says, so what's, why didn't they circumcise Taket? Toysus says because it was a danger to circumcise because there's a certain wind that brings healing and in the desert it wasn't the wind, so they couldn't circumcise. So then again it turns out that it wasn't their fault that they weren't circumcised. So Toysus asks the same question. So if it wasn't their fault that they weren't circumcised, and that's why they couldn't bring the Korban Pesach. So why are we faulting them? Why are we saying uh, that it's degrading that they didn't make only one Pesach? They couldn't make a Pesach because they didn't circumcise. They couldn't circumcise because it was a danger. It was uh, not, uh, they, couldn't, uh, they couldn't do it. Similar to what we learned like by Moshe Rabbeinu with the son Gershon. We learned over there that, that he was saved because over there he didn't circumcise them. Last, he, last minute he circumcised them because he was worried also about his health and things. He was in the journey, in the travel. But apparently the Malach didn't like it and he almost died because of that. And then Tzipoira went and circumcised and he saved his life. As we read the story earlier in the Chumash and the Parsha Shmois. In the Chumash Shmois. But over here, they had a good reason for not circumcising. So if they had a good reason for not circumcising because there was a danger, it wasn't the wind. So how do we consider it degrading? And the answer is, the same answer as before, Taisha says. Same answer, because the fact alone that they had to spend so long in the desert, that alone was degrading, because they, they, they sinned. That's why they didn't, weren't able to circumcise. That's why they spent all the time there. And, but you see something fascinating over here. The Torah switches around the whole order. Rashi says to you like this, 
There is no order in the Torah. Okay, we know that. But then Rashi says, okay, there is no order, but what's the reason for it? You can tell me there's no order, but why? Why, why do we just put things all over? Rashi tells you, in order to cover up. Cover up on what? The embarrassment of the Yid. But it's not an embarrassment that didn't make a Korban Pesach. Because either, like we say, like the Rashi said before, that there was no command to make a Korban Pesach, or because they couldn't circumcise because it was a danger. So either way, why is that embarrassment? Oh, you're extending it. You're saying, well, it's embarrassing because they spent so many years in the desert. So you're saying something else. This is the extent that the Torah goes through to cover. Now, this Pasuk doesn't tell you anything about what took place in the next 39 years. It tells you one Pesach. How does it even tell you that they only made it one and not the other one? He said it's embarrassing for the Jewish people. They only made one Korban Pesach. When you read this Parsha, it doesn't say that they didn't make other time. It just says about one Pesach that they made. As far as I'm concerned, a son of one who learns can say maybe they didn't make it. The Pesach doesn't write you every time they celebrated every holiday. It doesn't say in the Chumash all the time. Matter of fact, the next 38 years are swallowed up in the Pesach. We don't even mention in the middle of the Torah, tells us all of a sudden, in the Parshish Chukas, it gives a jump over 38 years, and we're talking already about Arvish Moyev in between. So the Torah didn't discuss the 38 years. So where's the embarrassment? Where do, where do you have a time in the Chumash in which they could have made that the Torah discussed it? There's no record of it, Bechlal and the Posse. So it turns out, even that one time, and perhaps that there's a hint, an embarrassment of the Jew, the Torah goes and switches everything around. Now it seems like the Torah had a lot of choices. There's a lot of stories in between the beginning of Parsha Baloischa, which the Torah could have started the Parsha and wrote with Rishchoydash Nisan if it wanted to. Could have told you Behem Hakim Samishkan. It could have told you other things that took place in Rishchoydash Nisan. But the Torah is teaching us something so phenomenal here. How far one must go to protect and to cherish the honor of the Jewish people. Going such an extent. The degradation is very far-fetched. Everything is just like hearsay. It's so far away. And yet, the Torah switches around everything, confuses everything, just to protect the Yid. Can you imagine how much the Torah cares about the honor of every Jew? It's fascinating. How much do we have to learn from that? The Torah makes it how much we need to cherish and give respect to every person. God forbid not to cause anybody any shame or anything degrading, even remotely, as we see from the turtle.